Welcome to Talking In Stations. It is Matterall. Today is March 31st. It's the end of the month. Maybe we can look back at uh, March and see what happened. Um, we're going to um, talk about today as the main topic, wormholes and their relationship to the new industry changes and see what uh, their view is on some of it as much as we can. Um, All right, I'm back. All right, we're we're already on air, so glad you're back. Tiberius oh, is with us. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Are you doing, Tiberius? I'm doing fine, thank you very much. All right, good. We also have Rundle with us. How you doing, Rundle? I'm doing great. Greeting, fellow capsuleers. I'm trying to do my Astarashi <laughs> impression. I'm doing good. Yeah, good. And also as a guest today, we have Nick Bison. How you doing, Nick? I'm here, but not nearly as excited as Rundle. Yeah, but you got that radio voice, so call it even. You both do. All three of you do. All right, I'll try to keep up. Okay, uh, first a couple corrections. One is that we forgot to tell you yesterday, Ashtarothy was doing his best to give you all that information coming out of this event, the hunt, which has started. Uh, but we forgot to say there are login events. Uh, sorry, login rewards. So make sure you log in. You have 14 days to collect seven rewards. So a little bit of a grace period. <clears throat> Excuse me. Also, there was um, um, rats don't seem to go after drones much in this event. So uh, if you are using drones, I suspect that they are a little more immune than uh, normal. So that was something we didn't mention yesterday. All right. I think also as part of the event, they have re uh, turned back on the 50% off Omega plus um, of three months Omega with the three months of multiple character training. So uh, in the US, that amounts just under $50 So uh, per account. So you can get a one character and a second character for three months training for about 50 bucks, and they've turned that on. I think there's only five days. We're down to maybe four now. Uh, so that, I think, it's kind of coincided with the uh, event as well. So awesome. Probably more the beginning of the month, but yeah, they're coinciding it with the event. You took advantage of that. Yeah. Oh, I did. I did. Yeah. I, uh, on all my accounts uh, today, I spent some money. Um, I, you know, I calculated it out to be about three dollars a day for myself. Uh, for the that's about five accounts uh, over a, a whole year is what it works out. And they seem to bring this back every three months. Um, and it's a great. I think it's a really good deal, and I hope they continue to do it. Uh, certainly keeps me subbed on a, more accounts than one. And I, I like. I think Tiberius has similar uh, similar experience where he uses it as well. So. Um, I think it's a a good deal yeah. all around. Every every time every time one of these pops up, uh, I usually make an effort to sub at least one account because um, you're you're essentially getting the price of two two characters for the price of one in terms of uh, training plan time, right? So you can diversify. So you can have train whatever character into whatever it is that you're doing, and then train another character into whatever it is that you're doing. And three months is a long time for uh being able to train stuff and being able to uh, set up an alt into whatever it is that you're doing so that's right uh i speaking from personal experience uh I, this is a great deal if you're looking to get to an omega status for your character and you know also diversify to get a second alt into you know say let's say that you have a, a pvp you want to be a pvp pilot but you also want to have pve to make some money this is a great opportunity to do that. In fact, that's probably one of the best things about this is uh, being able to do that particular thing 
is uh, you know yep. being able to set your character, set your accounts up right off the bat to be able to do PVE and PVP as opposed to having to split it between split both into one account, which typically ends up being, you know, twice as long the train. Yeah. And you can do a lot of things in, in 90 days of training. Um, and here's just in case you've never done this before. When, when you buy this, it's not like activating this, uh, the in-game item. Um, you actually activate a slot on your account. And so you can have your main character training all 90 days. And you can, if you have two other characters on your account, say character number two, you can train that character for a month to bring up, uh, maybe you want to do some drones or something. And then you turn off that training skill plan. You can go over to your third character and turn that on for the next 60 days. You can use it across your account, however you want. So you can, um, mix and match, the two accounts train or two characters training on the account mix and match it for 90 days however you want uh, that makes it very flexible for those people who have three characters and want to touch up some parts here and there and then maybe try and have a whole new skill area that they want to add to a second character or third character while doing all that so it's uh, quite flexible i i enjoy that level of flexibility as well i use that feature all the time hey nick what does uh zippo zap zap say there in chat you read that yeah, he says uh, the deal allows for three tune PI account to be set up as well. So then, of course, the snarky remark, time to further crash the market. He's right on the first half. The second half, I don't believe it's really going to crash the market because I think there's going to be more and more demand as we go on. So uh, he's referring to the fact that you can essentially set up a, uh, a PI account, which means three characters at once. Um, to uh, essentially be able to set up all three characters to be able to do PI within 30 days, uh, or sorry, within um, the training time allotted. Uh, and it, you don't have to have all level five skills in order to have a proficient PI character. In fact, I think uh, most of my PI alts that I have are, are characters that are skilled in the PI usually have level four skills. Um, so those are, uh, I would imagine that he's either referring to that or... Uh, maybe I'm just a little rusty in terms of uh, how PI alts are skilled into. Yeah. So one thing to note, you might think that, um, you know, because we like to look deeper into meanings of things, uh, CCP releasing this sale, uh, this multi-character kind of training sale in order to give uh, industrialists a chance to start adapting to the new world where they will need more characters doing different types of, you know, subcomponent building and that sort of, and harvesting. And I just don't think any of that is connected. This looks very much like a typical Easter, Easter, you know, or holiday sale for this time of the year. I don't think they communicate with development because development, you know, can go, somebody can actually miss a deadline and then the feature that was needed to go out to meet the sale uh, won't be there. And uh, I just think that marketing runs on a completely different schedule than development. They're not really linked. So if you're looking for correlation uh, or causation, no. it's not, it's really not here. It's just really just, it's the third, it's the end of the, uh, you know, the calendar quarter. Cause this has been happening for almost, I think it's two years. It's been going on this deal and it's every three months. I've been picking them up for almost a couple of years now like this. So it's just I, the calendar thing. I never heard of a of a fifty percent off sale, and people and people like you and others have said, no, no, they have it all the time. I've just not. Yeah, every three months. So we'll have this yeah, conversation say, three months from now. I would say that this has been something that has been that's been picking up steam 
with the past uh, maybe year and a half. I you some people could probably argue for a couple of years. Uh, I've I've only really seen it for the past like eighteen months or so, where it's just like uh, Rundle said, where it's just maybe every three to four months we see some form of deal with this, with uh, you know three months of MCT. Um, I don't know if we saw one in January. Uh, yeah, because I picked up. Uh, what was there one? Rundle? It was December. It was December. It I was did December. it three months ago. Okay. Yeah. I've, my okay. bank account can prove that because <laughs> I picked one up and I picked one up in September or October of last year. I bought two of them for one account. Um, so maybe I just wasn't paying attention. Yeah, no, I, I've been, yeah, I've been, yeah. Cause all, all my I, five accounts have been double training for, yeah. like I said, almost a couple of years now. And so I have a character we're talking about PI with a, with a, a Galante hauler is the way I look at it. And it takes about 40, three days, but that's level five to interplanetary consolidation five and command center five. So I can max the number of uh, planets and I can max the command center power grid. Um, that's, it makes about 43 days, but you can knock off those fives and drop it. Well, you, you still can do command center five to get max power grid to give you the most number of heads and stuff. And you can maybe eliminate a planet putting you down uh, really close to 30 days um, even with a hauler, if you already have the hauler, it's sub 30 days. So you really could start a brand new um, account and get all three characters trained and then just continue on with Omega and completely set that up. So it's the, all sorts of flexibility to to do because you can roll between those characters. Um, and just one uh, one comment, uh, correction for you, Matterall, it's actually 10 gifts right now over the next 14 days. Oh, really? 10 yeah, gifts? It's but, 10 gifts. But it's seven days, isn't it? No, it's 14 days. So we've, we're down one day already, or 15 days. So I'm looking at it right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, up to, it's oh. 10 gifts claimed, and there's 13 days remaining. But they only show seven. I got that number for Yeah, seven. yeah, you got to yeah. so you you slide it over. Yeah. So you only yeah. have a four-day grace period. You can only That's miss four days. Right. You can, in this case, you only miss four I think it was five from the beginning because day one and two are already done. We're on, we're on day three tomorrow. Is there anything so, good on the, uh, if you slide over to the 10th? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. So, you know, it started out with, if we're talking Omega, right, it's 15,000 skill points on day one, uh, day five, there's some more skill points. There's a number of skins. There's the hunt acceleration gate keys coming up. Um, when you go to day, the, the ones that you missed eight, nine, and 10 day eight is another 15,000 skill points a Myrmidon uh, skin and an Aries skin. And then on the last day, 75,000 skill points. Yeah. Let me open up the game and see if I can see that, but that's, that's pretty good. That sounds uh, more typical when we looked at him or when I looked at him, I saw seven days and I, and uh, I heard it it wasn't that great or, you know, there wasn't anything extraordinary this time around. Skill points. And if you're a skin nerd, then skins, but skill points really it's, um, yeah, with 30, uh, 45, uh, so it's like 120,000 skill points. Mm, sounds good. All right. Uh, it's My game is updating, so I'll uh, take care of that later. All right, so that's the sale. Uh, get in on that. Uh, get in on those uh, login rewards. We can't show them to you here, but... Oh, you probably hear the game come on in the background. Let me actually get to that. Okay. One second while we switch cameras. There we go. To the login rewards. 
and let me just uh, mute this thing here. Oh, I hit claim accidentally, but okay, I need to do that anyway. All right, yeah, so I saw up to day seven here, but if you, uh, once you start getting past the first three days, it'll move over like you just saw uh, and automatically show you. And if not, you can just uh, move over manually this way with this little default view here. Okay, I'm going to shut that off because the sound. I'm waiting for the Eve has sound meme now. Yeah, there it is, everybody. <laughs> the sound. It's, that was it. That's all the sound that's in EVE Online. So, Okay, uh, let's move on from the festivities. Again, this is all the like uh, spring holiday um, stuff that is um, put out by CCP. And it belongs to an event called The Hunt, um, which you can see. That's kind of an Easter egg pod uh, being chased down. And uh, we talked about that in last yesterday's episode with Ash Dorothy, so check that out if you want more information on it. We'll update you on the hunt. Maybe we'll uh, get some people who are participating in it to tell you like uh, if it's fun or anything or not. Okay, let's uh, move on to another thing that uh, is important. It's it's going to be something that we talk about a lot for the next uh, few weeks and maybe months, and that is the industrial changes. So let's go to Dev Blog. And under dev blogs, if you back up to articles, uh, you will see one of the first articles here is significant update to uh, industry changes coming soon. And this is the blog that was put out. Uh, but what we, you know, we, we covered this from many angles. Today we're going to cover it uh, for wormholes a little bit to kind of get uh, an idea of uh, how that might affect people who have that gameplay in wormholes. So Tiberius, uh, have you looked over these changes and what do you think? Yeah. So, you know, I briefly talked about this on our reaction stream last week. Um, and I kind of want to hit, I, I want to double hit the nail on the head on this uh, a little bit is uh, with the upcoming changes, I really feel like that T3C uh, viability is going to be essentially nerfed out of its viability in terms of uh, fleet compositions. Uh, the reason being is because hybrid reactions, which is what uh, you use in order to uh, react fullerene gases, which is what is uh, which is the gases that are primarily found or only found in wormhole space, I should say, and these uh, these reactions are going to require or be required in additional um, builds across all of New Eden, including capital ships. Of course, capital ships are going to is going to put a pretty high demand on these particular. Uh, gas reactions so i would imagine that this is me this is me totally throwing numbers out of my uh, out of my rear here so don't take what i say with uh you know <laughs> with uh um, you know complete certainty as to what's going to end up happening but i imagine that uh, this is probably going to in increase the once the prices stabilize here in the next i would say six months or so after the changes take hold, 
I would imagine this is probably going to increase the price uh, value point of hybrid reactions by at least 30%, if not 50%, which means that you're going to see about a 50% increase in value of, uh, uh, you know, T3Cs. Now, for those of you who don't know, T3Cs not only require you to have the ship itself, but also four subsystems. And there's three subsystems for each, uh, you know, type of subsystem there is. So all in all, there's, uh, excuse me, can't do math off the top of my 12 subsystems that you can uh, plug into, a, you know, your T3C. Uh, depending upon how it's fit, et cetera, et cetera, you're looking at, you know, right off the bat, you're looking at, in today's market, approximately 350 to 500, uh, 500 million-esque. And those, uh, you know, if you increase the value by an additional 50%, you're looking at, a ship that's going to cost you anywhere from or 30 to 50%. You're looking at a, a ship that's going to cost you anywhere from, you know, 550 mil to, you know, 750. Again, pulling the numbers out of my rear. So don't take it with, you know, absolute certainty. And the problem with that is, is that um, these ships have a balance mechanism that are, that's implemented in, into the game right now. And the, that balance mechanism is skill point loss. Skill point loss is, in my opinion, a, a relic of the past. T3Cs have been nerfed into oblivion. Uh, for those of you who didn't play the game back in uh, Apocrypha, back, you know, back way back when, 2009. 2009. Yeah. Yep. Um, the Apocrypha was the wormhole expansion, which, uh, you know, introduced the Tech 3 cruisers drifters, uh, wormholes, every all pretty much everything that there is in wormholes was uh, introduced in 2009, um, which was now 12 years ago. And these ships were out of this world, crazy overpowered ships. And it made sense back then because it, it was like, okay, if you lose this ship, um, which was priced at a which was priced at a capital ship back in the day, even all the way up until you know the rework, I believe in 2015 is when it happened. Um, the uh, you know these ships were just absolutely bonkers, overpowered, uh, really, really, really strong ships. I mean, we're talking Tengus that can rep 10,000 DPS. Um, you know, uh, can we uh, crazy talk about this just a little bit together? Uh, yeah. Because I want to point out that. Um, Skill point loss wasn't abnormal in those days either, because if you didn't insure your clone and you were blown up, you would lose your last level five skill or about half of the experience in it. Uh, so right, it was, yeah. No, so no. we had clone insurance back in those days too, right? Do you remember when clone insurance got uh, got uh, removed from the game? That was, uh, geez, that was not too long ago either. It's weird. It, it, anywhere uh, these days, I have to guess a really wide range. So I would say anywhere from 2014 to 2017. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah I think there. I think it was. I think it was either. I feel like it was either 15 or 16. But yeah. it was. Uh, it was not that long ago in terms of like game years. Um. So this this was a balance mechanism that was implemented in, into the game with the expectation of you know SP loss being the regular thing. Um. So, you know, and then the, again, uh, the T3Cs got the rework, uh, which removed the amount of subsystems um, down from five to four. 
So there's five subsystems that you could plug into T3Cs at one point. Now they had removed it down to four. Um, and they essentially tried to streamline T3Cs in order to make them a bit more, uh, I wouldn't say viable, viable is the wrong word, um, but I guess usable. Because back when there was maybe two or three subsystem setups that you could use for each ship that really made sense, and everything else didn't really make a lot of sense. Um, and then they tried to implement it so that each ship class had essentially the same bonuses uh, minus the racial bonuses that you would get for like E-War on each one. Um, By the way, it was late, so, late 2014 and there's a link uh, from Habit Gaming. Thank you. That was the... That was the change, the clone change. Where you the clone change. Yeah. Okay, wow. Yeah, so you were closer than I was. Um, so, um, you know, get um, going back to what I was saying, the... The T3C's got a rework, 2015, 2016, approximately. I can't remember off the top of my head. And once those got a rework, um, they kind of lost their viability as solo ships because they they were trying really hard to bring them down a notch in viability. And they it was a pretty significant, I would say, overall nerf to the ships in general. And they didn't really get a chance to uh, ever recover from it. And overall, um, I would say over the years since that rework, T3Cs have been getting nerfed and adjusted over and over and over again, and never really a buff I, I would I would ever see with these ships. And so, you know, we're left with, um, as I said in the last show, you're left with an underpowered, overpriced Tech 2 cruiser that has the ability to m remove rigs, which are, you know, a, a very oh, limited, you know, price. Point. I forgot about that. Right. Yeah. Um, the and only ships also that can allows do that? you. Yeah. It's the only yeah. ship that allows you to remove rigs and it's the only ship that allows you to change the bonuses on it. But in my opinion, um, the, the bonuses from the subsystems and the rig removal is not enough of a gimmick anymore to uh, really justify uh, skill point losses anymore. So um, overall, you know, since the surgical strike nerf or uh, surgical strike readjust, which was last year about this time, the, you know, T3Cs have been reintroduced into viability as it was especially compounded by uh, the, you know, resource redistribution and scarcity era that CCP, you know, ushered us into in summer of last year because gas was a lot more uh, accessible to wormholers as opposed to, you know, um, sorry, uh, tritanium and minerals and all those all those things that you find out in K-Space. Because with wormhole space in those uh, redistribution, we also lost, we, not only did we lose moon minerals, but we also lost anomaly minerals because the, anom the anomalies changed so that certain types of uh, ores no longer spawn there. So uh, again, the viability became more and more heavily um, viable for lack of a better word. <laughs> um, you know, I do the, that all the time. Uh, Recursive defining. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, you know, T3Cs become more and more viable as these things uh, moved on because the resources are more available to us. Um, but, uh, you know, I, 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 it's unfortunate. And, you know, I think it was either CCP Rotati or another um, underling who, you know, works with development who was on our stream sometime last week who said, they said in chat that, you know, we understand the frustration surrounding T3s uh, and we're looking into, um, and I'm paraphrasing here, but we're looking into, you know, options surrounding the balance mechanisms for T3s. So I'm um, hopefully optimistic that, you know, especially in, in light of uh, some of the things that's happened over the past, you know, two or three months, I'm hopefully optimistic that, you know, this is exact, that, that it is in fact going to be something that they look at. Um, but, uh, you know, as a wormhole where I'm not going to hold my breath in terms of uh, doing that. So, um, yeah, so, I mean, that's, I would say that's probably the um, the apex argument that I have for, you know, the PVP meta for um, wormhole space in general in terms of, I would say it's almost kind of a net neutral to a certain extent because yeah. our largest export has always been hybrid reactions. Um, and it was always T3, you know, most of it was T3Cs and T3Ds. And fortunately, T3Ds are not really going to be getting a nerf. They are overall still a very, very viable ship comp. Uh, you don't have any SP loss for using those. So they have, uh, you know, and they have the capabilities of switching modes around, which is fantastic for those ships. Um so, mm. you know, I would say overall, it's still relatively a net neutral because you're going to remove, essentially remove T3C viability from the PVP meta even more so for K-Space and, um, you know, because K-Space doesn't really use them all that often. And, uh, you know, kind of removing mm. it from the market from anybody who can afford it inside of uh, wormhole space. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so, mm. and then shifting it over to capitals because capital components now require uh, hybrid reactions. Right. All right. There's a question in there. Nick, can you grab that one uh, from keep your distance? Yeah. He's uh, asking, he says in any kind of PVP, do you think this patch will increase the risk adversity? My opinion being, I happen to have the floor at the moment. Um, <laughs> and some of the larger ships initially, when I say larger capitals, the answer, I think, is initially going to be yes, and the same for battleships. I don't think that'll last that long. People want to get out there and play with those toys. Yeah. Um, so, go ahead. I would say speaking speaking in general, I think this is going, it totally depends upon your play style. I would say overall, yes. I would say for the first six months that you're probably going to see a bit more risk adversity just because people don't necessarily have the system figured out. But I would say within the next 12 months or so, as things kind of level out and even sooner, you know, this is, again, pulling numbers and ideas out of my rear for this. Uh, you so know, that's the third time you got a lot of room over there. <laughs> <laughs> um but uh, I would imagine, speaking from my personal experience and my opinion, I feel like that within the next 12 months or so, as people figure out their supply chains and everything else like that, I would imagine that, you know, risk adversity is not going to necessarily be as much of an issue. Because one, one of the problems with risk adversity is that, you know, you're, 
if you have a group that is willing to risk more than you are, you know, they're just going to roll. You're just going to, are you just going to roll over? Are you not going to defend yourself? Are you not going to participate in these uh, kinds of events in which, you know, you can make a name for yourself or, or your group? You know, are you just going to essentially quit the game and not actually participate in the ecosystem that you're in? So, you know, if that's the case, then, you know, so be it. Sure, that'll increase risk adversity. But there's always I feel like there's always going to be a bigger fish that's willing to throw down more than the next guy. And the question that I pose to that question that was asked is, you know, are you going to have the a bigger stick or at least as big of a stick as that person that's uh, showing up is. Mm. Rundle, do you have an opinion on that? Risk diversity because everything gets more expensive? I think that's the idea, right? Yeah, I think, think? nah, I, I think everything scales up to a degree. I, I think the risk adversity really will happen when we're talking very large ships, right? Uh, I don't think, I don't think the medium, I, I'll call it medium priced ships are going to be where that risk adversity is going to take a big hit. Uh, what's a medium priced ship nowadays? Uh, two bill and under, right? Um, well, I think that's, that's, the, that's the top, that's the top end of the medium. The low end, so low, medium, and high. Low is these anything is going to be ten million and under, right? There's going to be zero risk aversion there. Ten million up to two billion. It's a big range. I realize with a lot of ships in the three hundred to seven fifty eight hundred mil, re- reaching up to two bill because there's a big jump between a two bill ship. That's why I call it the medium. There's not many ships that are three and four. Maybe if you really pimp out a a dread or a um, you know, one of the new Marauders maybe get to three bill, but after that, there's a a big step up to you know eight, ten, fifteen, you know, thirty billion for the super caps. Um, and I think the capitals are going to move upwards above that two bill mark. So that's why I th- that's why I'm kind of keeping my line there, right? Mm. So I think in that medium range of ships and down, there's going to be no risk adversity. So the changes where it's um, battleships and up where the battleships are just taking a small hit to the change but all those other subcapitals underneath are supposed to get cheaper which means you're going to have more playtime in the smaller ships um, and then you're going to be able to risk the bigger ones more frequently because you're not losing you know an, a large amount on your cruisers or your battle cruisers right so that it's a balance right i can take out a, a two billion ship and risk losing one two billion ship a month um, I can't do that. I'm sorry. I can do that if all the other ships I'm losing are in the 100 to 200 range. If every ship I lose is 700 mil or above, it makes it harder to take a 2 billion ship out and lose it doing whatever. Right. And so I, I think the the cumulative drop of price of ships will allow the risk aversion for that medium price ships and below to remain roughly where it's at now. I think the big change is at the top end. You know, Kenneth talked about this uh I think on Sunday and, and uh, Wednesday of last week as well. Um, the, he, he basically said that it seems to him that CCP is focusing on trying to make the, you know, the battle cruisers and below as disposable as possible so that it allows for more PVP to happen, um, which is kind of a, um, a departure from their previous thought standpoint, which is, you know, they're trying to make every loss count you know, as or at least every loss, uh, you know, a big deal, so to speak. And I think this is 
also has to do with, you know, CCP's decoupling the resource market from subcaps to capitals, right? I mean, we had um, the, I mean, Matterall, you had uh, the executor frat on here Noros. last week. Yeah. Noros. Was he, he was on last week, I think on Friday. Um, and, uh, you know, he basically said that he expects the price of a Titan to essentially triple in some regards, which is just About absolutely two, out of this world. 200 billion to 240 billion. That was his range. Yeah. So, and what, what are Titans going for now? 60 to no. 70? They're now selling fit. comfortably between 80 and 90. They build right now as, as it stands, uh, about 120 theoretically, but they sell for okay. about 80 to 90. Okay. So it's more like doubling or tripling then. Yeah. Because of the resource scarcity, it already moved it from a good 40 to 60 all the way up to 120. And now it's doubling from there. Once you get yeah, in yeah. all these additional materials, let me go back to Nick for a second. Did you have a comment, Nick, that you wanted to get in on, get in there about scarcity? Um, not in, not directly related, but uh, for the folks that are the battle cruiser and below uh, builders, pay attention to the uh, your BPOs after the change, because. If you notice in their uh, spreadsheet, they have everything leveled out, uh, that they're all the same. And you'll notice that your, your current BPOs by race are very different and by ship. So the figures they gave are the unresearched BPOs. So a lot of us will be updating spreadsheets at that point. Oh, that's interesting. I want to come back to BPOs, BPCs, and how to, how to take advantage of the situation that's changing in front of you. We're going to come back to that. I wanted to hit on risk adversity if I could. I think we're kind of looking at it a little bit wrong. Let me just offer this. Um, cost is completely relative to the player. Depends on percentages of your income and also the percentages of your success. If you have a 70% chance to win, that's a different calculation than if you have a 50-50 chance to win. So let's say all that was just nullified to a 50-50 chance of win, a flip of the coin, well, they did some studies about that. Uh, I think some of you might have seen like, um, I think there was a TED talk about it or some kind of small documentary about risk aversion. And uh, if you went to somebody and said, if you give me $1, um, I'll give you five if you flip this coin and get tails. And a lot of people would say, no, thanks. I'm going to keep my $1. They wouldn't, they wouldn't risk their $1 for a big reward on one coin toss. Then they said, okay, we're going to do it a hundred times. And all of a sudden the percentage of people that were willing to participate went way up. So the idea isn't so much that there has to be a big reward at the end of this risk. It was more the frequency of success. And so that makes you think what some people want to win even if they are going to lose plenty of times because of course they're you know you're flipping a coin you're going to lose some of those times but it's it's that uh, obscurity of multiple times of doing something and if i think of it in terms of eve online uh i think of it in terms of getting out there repeatedly it's like a numbers game and eventually you're going to get a win either alone or with yeah. your friends and stuff. And that's what propels you to do it. If you can get over the idea of this is 
a 50-50 chance I'm going to win this fight. I don't want to participate and get into, let me do this 50 times. I'm bound to win a few fights. That's going to, that's going to be how you get over your own risk aversion, I think. Yeah. So does that, does that, does your mind change though? If the, uh, you know, to your uh, story, if it's risk a dollar once for $5, okay, that's one, but you're saying risk a dollar once for $5, a hundred times. What if somewhere in there, you're not risking a dollar, but every fifth fight you're risking $3. Does that change? Does that change? What's that? Yeah. Yeah, Nick's right. You change the calculation, everything changes. But we're we're just like stripping it down to a 50-50 odds. Coin toss. Yeah, and you double your money. Of course, if now there's like three sides to a coin or if the reward is bigger or if your expense is bigger, that starts to figure into the calculation. Right. But you're stripping it down to behavior, right? That's what we're looking at. And the behavior is if I can can obscure, obscure a punishing loss by having a few wins, like if I can win sometimes... I'm yep. willing to take that chance more so than if it's just a stark win or lose one yeah. time. That's well, I think that's kind of why I'm bringing up the example of dollar for five dollars versus a every once in a while it's a three dollar for a five dollar, right? Because that's kind of what I was saying. If in my cruisers and and battle cruisers and down, I'm I'm in the dollar range now. It's just it's it's a dollar, it's a dollar, it's a dollar, and I take those out a whole bunch of times. I'm probably way more um, comfortable taking the $3 bet every 10th time or every 20th time mm-hmm. um, because I'm like, I'm, I'm breaking even or better on my $1 bet and I'm making money and I'm whatever, you know, or I'm having fun or whatever. My risk aversion is gone in the, in the, in the battle cruisers down price wise, right? So the, this hundred million and below type, very low price, mm-hmm. all of a sudden I'm, I'm having a lot of fun. I, I might very well take my, you know, one billion or two billion ship out every once in a while. So that's the dollar to three dollar. That's kind of I was saying the same thing. Um, I was just basing it on money, though, right? Not on necessarily behavior. So you're correct in that aspect to bring in the behavior. Yeah. Um, and of course, the one flaw in my theory is I have no idea what's going to happen with the T2 ship versions of these price uh, of these ships and the prices and how that's all going to to roll out, right? Um, I'm thinking the T1 versions necessarily, but who, you know who knows how that'll play out. Yeah, the other thing that people seem to focus on is capitals. Like this won't have, there won't be many capital fights because everybody's going to want to hold on to their uh, capital or super capital, which is even more out of uh, reach for people. And uh, we've been hearing we have people that write us from inside of uh, Goon Swarm and the Imperium that uh, apparently a lot of people are. Um, I don't know what a lot means. I, I don't have a number for you, but people are selling their supers back to Imperium or we we assume back to Imperium since it's kind of a local market in 1DQ. Um, again, I don't know how many people that is, so it may be five, it may be 25. But um, the fact that that's happening is telling me that even though people have something that is going to be very expensive later, they want to get out of it right now. And why would they do that? Do you have any theories? I'll tell you mine because people want to get out uh, out of that gameplay because that gameplay stakes are going higher. And I believe that gameplay is going to be less available as time goes on. So um, the idea is normally you join a group. If you have a Titan or a super carrier, let's just say even capitals, you want to join a group that's capable of using those. So they have a little bit of security as a group security and numbers. Um, but if those groups are getting um, 
smaller or, uh, you know, and they will get smaller over time because we assume Titans are basically not going to go away, but they're going to be reproduced very slowly. So they're just going to die at this point pretty quickly. Uh, not pretty quickly, but uh, the the trend is more Titans will die than will be created, we assume, because the price point is so high on the building. The proliferation will stall, is what you're really saying. Or slow way down until there's an equilibrium match, you yeah. know, where the price yeah. goes up to meet the uh, demand. Um, so I think, I mean, I was just thinking myself, like, do I really want to bother having a super in this era? Um. I don't know, dude, that, that really depends like, kind of what you just said, which is, you know, it depends upon your play style. Um, you know, and I think one of the reasons why people are dumping their capitals or sorry, their super capitals out in case space is because the risk to reward ratio is just not there for them anymore. Right. One of the reasons to own a super, at least in uh, NullSec, was to be able to go super ratting. Now, super ratting was the apex way of ratting. It used to be Titan ratting, but they nerfed bosons, and you can no longer fit subcap weapons to Titans. But for, for know, some perspective, real quick, for players who haven't been here that long, like five years ago, if you were caught ratting in a dreadnought, you were like ostracized from your group. That's how rare it was to do that. Uh, fast forward five years, the whole world has changed. Now you're ratting in super carriers. Yeah. So, you know, most everybody is ratting in super carriers. And, you know, again, like I said, it used to be Titan ratting, but bosons got nerfed. So, um, and, you know, we're kind of seeing the same thing in wormhole space a little bit, too. It's especially changed up since the, uh, uh, not not Dreadnought, but the, jeez, uh, um, what are those things called that fit bastions? Marauders. Marauders Thank you. Yeah. That is the word I was looking for here. Um, ever since the Marauder changes, there's been a lot of talk uh, in back channels about, you know, are Marauders actually viable running uh, running wormhole sites? Are they a viable alternative now to running wormholes as opposed to having, you know, which is the apex way of doing things, or at least the most accepted way of doing things, which in terms of efficiency, which is uh, three Nagelfars or three dreads, depending upon how you're specced into things. Now, you know, the argument is being made, and I've done some experimentation on this on my own, is that, uh, you know, oh, can you run, you know, uh, marauders in order to run these sites? Can you, you know, and also decrease your risk? I mean, because think about it now. So um, let me pull up my Z kill real quick here. So we killed a dread. Uh, not too long ago, that was a and excuse my language here. It was a tech two shit fit dread, um, and it was I say it was uh, bad fit just because it didn't have a whole it didn't have any um, you know uh, high level modules. It didn't have any faction modules on it except for the abyssal modules in the low. It had four abyssal gyro stabs and one abyssal damage control just for the fun. That ship on Z-Kill was just under 5 billion. Um, you know, la I would say six months ago, even a year ago, this dread that we killed probably would have cost 2 billion, you know, easily. So the, the price of this ship has doubled because of the, you know, the mineral scarcity changes. Which means that if you put three of these babies on field, you're looking at a 15 billion esque loss 
And, you know, while you may have insurance to kind of cover it and, you know, back it up a little bit, but, you know, you're still looking at approximately a 12 to 13 billion esque loss. And for a lot of people, because Siege essentially tackles yourself uh, for five minutes at a time per Siege cycle and three dreads, if you run a three dread comp, which is, you know, the quote unquote standard for running efficiency five sites, um, you're looking at a 10 minute cycle or sorry, two siege cycles, which is 10 minutes total. And, you know, especially now with the rolling changes, there's, you know, real concern for a lot of these people is like, well, you know, my ability to make back the esque that I just lost was significantly increased because now, you know, instead of ratting for three hours, I have to rat for 15 hours or, and again, I'm throwing these numbers out. Mm -hmm. um, so take them with a grain of salt, you know, but uh, essentially it's the same thing. Whereas now, you know, if you have the marauders, you know, circling back to the marauder changes, you know, if you get caught, there's, if you have your marauder set up correctly or in a specific way, you know, you're only looking at losing one ship, which, you know, now some of these things are gone because of, uh, you know, CCP's announced changes to how, uh, you know, tech one ships are going to be made, you know, that these marauders are skyrocketing in price, unfortunately. But, um, you know, it used to be that it was like, oh, well, a marauder cost that, uh, you know, approximately how much an old dread used to cost. Yeah. 1.1 so, 1.3. Yeah. So, and, you know, and if you fed it up well, you know, you're looking at 2.5 plus, you know, a low to mid-grade pod in order to run, you know, be it. So you're looking at about a three bill um, per whatever. So even if you only lose one ship, you're only losing three bill as opposed to, you know, all three ships, which would God, eventually so, cost you. So much money to some people, three billion. Right. Yeah. It's it's just an exorbitant amount of money. I played for, some for years before I had three billion in, in my wallet. And that was a fluke. Yeah. So, yeah, it's rather interesting banting about those numbers when, the, you know, your vast majority of folks have no concept of that yet. Less than you one know, billion. Like, even, oh, I might have a cruiser pretty soon. Yeah, even uh, even a lot of null set guys, even a lot of null set guys uh, sometimes have less than one billion in their wallet. Like they can buy maybe one or two doctrine ships in addition to what they have. They might have collected a few already. That's why SRP is so essential in NullSec. It's to keep people involved. Otherwise, they uh, they basically have to stop and and do some farming, mining to to you know pick up enough is to to get back into the game. Uh, let's let's actually move on uh, with to uh, BPCs and some you know some advice for people to kind of meet these changes head on and uh, take advantage of this seismic shift in pricing. Right now, um, things are worth a certain amount. They're going to be worth a lot more in the future. It makes sense to buy something now while it's cheap and then hold on to it until the future arrives. But how long is that time that you'll be waiting? And, uh, and, and there's what is that item? And what is the item? And what and, and all kinds of different things. I was thinking, Nick, blueprints. Blueprints now. Like, should you build all the blueprints you have now? Is it cheaper to build now? Or... Uh, or will the ME savings, right? Like uh, if you have uh, what's called material efficiency rating and you have one to 10% on that, it saves you 10% if, if you have it at 10 of the cost to build something. And uh, so 
if you're paying more to build something, you get a you get a nicer bump out of that 10%. So maybe it makes a difference now if it's 8%, 9%, or 10%. Like maybe you want to be researching your uh, Blueprint originals, for instance. What do you think about all that? Well, for the uh, your, your capital component Blueprints, for the folks that are into those, their uh, material initial quantity don't change. So those are, are a net null gain on that <clears throat> on the the smaller ships um those you might want to uh hold off building any of those at this time uh, because overall the price is going to looks like it's going to reduce i've done some rough calculations mm-hmm. and you know those battle cruiser and below not going to be that tough to build um and there might be a little bit of a savings so i wouldn't jump on building those quite yet <clears throat> but if you're a, a capital builder, you know, yeah, you'd like to get it into final build, get all the components made, and get that final build started before this next patch hits. And do we know when that's gonna hit? That's still a mystery, isn't it? Yeah, it it's you know, I've heard, you know, all of us speculating anything from you know the first of April, CCP comes out and says, ha, the whole thing's a joke. <laughs> All the way to the fifteenth. So yeah, the fifteenth well, mid. Yeah. I'm going to say sometime in the first two weeks of of April, we should see the first one. So we suspect uh, two weeks. So how much how much effort is it to build, uh, say, a dreadnought? Can somebody build one within two weeks? Not unless you have the. Uh, I would say not unless you have a lot of industry slots and uh, a lot of uh, yeah, a lot of industry slots and high high level. VPCs. Well, no, I think the final. I think the final combine is is longer than fourteen days. So the answer right. is automatically no. So I, I think well, Nick. No, I, 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 hold hold final, on hold on a second, guys. Nick actually builds them, so let's ask him. Uh, you know, the final combine. As long as you're in production before the change hits, that ship's going to be set in stone. You can easily uh, crank out, um, you know, a large a large number of the components in fairly short order. They're not that bad where folks think it takes a long time is, you know, if I, I'm building Orca, so I need 35 capital cargo bays and they have one blueprint that has 40 runs. Well, that's going to take a heck of a lot longer overall than if you have seven that each do five runs, you can crank them out in about six hours. So you can bust out, you know, all the subcomponents for an orca in under a day and under 20, actually 17 hours is what it takes me and then get that ship into final build. So it can be done if you have, you know, enough of the blueprint copies to do multiple smaller runs. Yeah. So what's, what should we do right now in order to maximize our profit for this change what would you guys do i would say uh capitals need to be built now um at least for the foreseeable future i think capitals absolutely need to be built now um everything else honestly um except for uh faction battleships i think should be i think you should wait again i haven't really looked heavily at those numbers um 
I mean, I'm I'm pumping out Lashaks like nobody's business right now because those are uh, I'm terrified that those are going to go through the roof in terms of price. And we need Lashaks for wormhole space. But uh, I would say everything else uh, aside from capitals and faction battleships, I think I think generally you should wait. But that's my personal opinion. Rundle, do you have a guess? What's a smart move? Yeah, I, I think uh, <laughs> I rarely do the smart move when it comes to industry, so maybe I should preface, <laughs> I should preface <laughs> so, my answer with that. <laughs> so what wouldn't you do, and then we'll, <laughs> yeah, we'll do that. No, I, I think, yeah, I, I think, you know, with the upcoming changes, if you have that flat line, um, you know, carrier, dread, um, orca, uh, oracle type materials ready to go, Crank those out before they really add on all those additives. Uh, super carriers, Titans, even if you got the materials, build them. Um, the subcaps, I'm not so sure on the battleship. I think, I think that's going to kind of be break even because they're, you know, they're they're components to, uh, you know, Black Ops and Marauders right now, and I think you'll make your money back there. Um, maybe that's where I'll be wrong, but you know, I think the material cost going in now, they would really have to drop the cost on a battleship to really say okay our oh, whoops are really screwed up and that's maybe where the asterisk in my comment comes into play for sure all the battle cruisers and anything under uh, just hold off i think the price drop in that normalization curve will really happen there anyways that, that the battleship for me i either either some people are saying hold off yeah, some people gamble. are saying do it yeah. yeah it's a gamble i i think it depends on what you're using it for if you're building them to just go and fly them and lose them uh maybe hold off if you're using them to go into B, uh, Black Ops or Marauder builds, maybe you got enough. Maybe you just roll the dice and go, and you, you lower your margin a little bit moving forward. But again, I think it depends on what you're doing with them. Yeah, I heard some good advice from a friend said build PvE battleships, right? Uh, so again, the battleship may go down in price, may go up in price. It's not There's an equilibrium there that we don't know yet, so we really don't know if its price is going to go up or down. But uh PVE battleship would probably be the thing to do. Sop up those minerals now because minerals are actually worth more if you use them right now in the next two weeks. That's uh, you want to like maybe you don't want to buy minerals because they might be overinflated right now with the panic. You know everybody's running, running um, to the store to just panic buy everything. Um, so the prices might actually be way up on minerals and items and that sort of stuff. But if you have it in your storage, you may want to like purchase, uh, you may want to just build with it. Uh, another piece of advice from Araya there, it's a good advice, is he says if you have uh, battleship BPCs, copies, like faction battleships, you should build those right away. And that's just uh, going to be true. Because <laughs> those are definitely going up. The faction variant of battleships is even more expensive. Uh, we assume those faction variant of battleship should go over 1 billion uh, per ship each of those i expressly ask uh this is a hum sorry a, a humble ask as a uh humble wormholer please god whoever has uh uh bailgorn blueprints please build them because i really don't want to have to spend 6 billion esque on my uh on my next bailgorn <laughs> I'm good enough spending three or four on it right now. I don't want to have to increase the price by an additional thirty percent. Balgorn's usually the cheapest faction battleship. Yes, it is. It's because um 
And it's been especially bad with the war in Delve because nobody's running these sites. Yeah. And, you know, we've, you know, the Delve miracle, quote unquote, has yeah. really reduced the price of the faction battleships because most of the price was uh, centered around the blueprint copy cost or sorry, the blueprint copy drop. You know, if you have a lot of people running those sites, then uh, that you know, it price drops. Right. The price drops. So, yeah, Belgorn blueprints got as low as 80 million, I think, at one point. And they were selling for because the price of a battleship at the time, it's been fixed since then. It went up, but was about 120 million. So a Belgorn was like 200, 220 million. It was incredibly cheap. It's gone higher since then. But all these things, remember, these things are going to go over a billion each. So what a huge difference that makes. And that's only a you know year and a half spread. Yep. Also, the Macarial uh, was. Uh, oh boy, the Macarial. Yeah. That's going to be super hot property. Um, so, yeah, I'm. I'm very, very disappointed to hear that these are, that those are going to also be going up in price. I'm, I'm happy that I have a small stockpile of them, but they are my favorite rolling ship uh, because they're the fastest in terms of rolling battleships. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm very disappointed to hear that those are also going up in price. So, yeah, if you can build, build now. You have two weeks. If you can build capitals comfortably, do that because those are definitely going to go up. I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, material costs are just too great. Um, and it is is really a, a crazy time to be having a big war with a lot of people involved. So whoever's free at home to build, 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 I bet you they're doing that. Or maybe they're building inside a Delve, you know, inside a T5Z or um, 1DQ. Maybe they're building there as quickly as possible. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, one more thing about the blueprints and the blueprints copies. Um, is there any other magic uh, in there? I mean, should we sell? Is there such hysteria that we should sell our blueprints or I don't know, because we have blueprint copies? I, I think so. I think if you have a faction battle uh, faction battleship blueprint copy, I think that there's definitely viability to to buy it. I would buy it. You know, if I had the if if uh Belgorn's Belgorn blueprints were up and ready to go, I would buy them in a heartbeat because I I have the mineral I have a relatively large mineral stockpile that I need to buy them for. And I think that if you don't have the minerals to do it right now and you, you know, wanna liquidate some money and you've got some of these blueprints laying around i mean we're talking raven navy issues um you know tempest fleet issues any of these other kind of you know relatively well-known faction battleships or you know uh, pirate battleships um i think that if you build them now even with shack blueprints uh, i would pay you know a, a relative premium now knowing that i've got a time limit on the amount of battleships that i can build um, I would pay a premium on it in order to, you know, reduce my cost for it. So, you know, speaking from my person, from me personally, I would buy your blueprints. So if you put them, if that means I I'll buy them, that means at least a hundred other people are willing to buy them because they have a stockpile they're willing to use up in order to, mm. you know, get ahead of the game on terms of uh, the changes that are coming. Yeah. What about uh, blueprint copies? You have a bunch of blueprint copies of capitals. Is it a hot market for other people that have the resources to build it? Or do you think they're just flush with all the blueprints they could need? It's not a good time to sell your a lot blueprints. Of, a lot of the I folks that have the, 
a lot of the folks that have the raw materials to build uh, the capital components have already got a stash of the uh, blueprint copies to use. Uh, that market's probably pretty small. I still, you can still like uh, the Orca blueprint packs, those still might sell, but they're going to change rapidly with this next item coming out. Mm-hmm. But aren't the, aren't the copies also going to change like when they scrub and go through? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah, like if they add three components, so I, I don't, why, I guess I'm a little lost on why you need to rush through using your copies because they should reflect the new build okay. when it gets converted, right? No, because the the capital component blueprints still just use minerals. The PI and R4 reacted materials are actually additional blueprints and additional items required on top of the capital components you've already built. Right. But they don't go into the components. The components are still made. Correct. When you go into the final build, where right now I just throw the blueprint for the Orca and all the capital components, and bang, that's it. Now, in addition to the capital components, I'm going to need that reacted R4. Yeah, so we're only talking about the final build then, right, Nick? Correct. That's that's what you should build, yeah. Not not build a bunch of... And that's what you're saying, Rundle, is what's what's the advantage of building all the ingredients right now? There is none. They'll be the same. Just the final build will cost you more later right. on. And, and I just wanted to make sure, because it seemed like we we're suggesting that we should get rid of or move off or sell or you know dispose of or build, use, somehow get rid of these BC, BPCs because they're not going to be useful. No, the, the recipe will change across the game. So if a, a, a copy or an original has an addition or a change in any volume number or input material, that'll change across the universe for all copies and all Original. So uh, should we double check that? Because Night Sky says the capital components are changing. Yeah, the capital components do get an additional cost here. Uh, Right. Yeah, they do get an additional cost, and the uh, the final build of the uh, the capitals also get an additional cost. Uh, When I was suggesting that people quote unquote get rid of their stuff or liquidate it, uh, my my suggestion was merely at the idea that if you don't have the time. Or the wherewithal, or you know, the the head headspace for, um, you know, understanding industry, you know, a crash course in industry and how to build stuff right off the bat. I was merely just trying to suggest that these, uh, because people are trying to build as many of these faction battleships as um, as fast as possible in order to get ahead of yes. the curve for the changes coming. That's just more. It's a uh, it's a great opportunity for people to make a little extra money off. Of right the now, I get it. Right. What? right. To what Night Sky was saying, he's absolutely right. After the change, the capital components are then also going to require, like what certain of them, you know, wetware mainframes, different items. If it's already built now, prior to the change, you're already sitting on that capital component item. That's right. That's and right. Don't need to do it again. Yeah. If you right, exactly. But if for some reason you're not ready or can't your blueprint copy isn't going to be worthless after the change. It's just now going to reflect all the additional things that you need. And that's what Tiberius's argument is then based on is that, hey, if you're struggling already or don't quite have the, the overhead or the cost or the patience or whatever it is to use to do the industry now, 
it's actually going to get harder. So you should probably maybe take an opportunity to sell the blueprint copies now on the market, make a little money, get out of the game until you figure out you can get back into the game. But the game is going to get more expensive for most of these high-end capital copies. And I think that's really the kind of yeah. the summary of the two points you guys are making. So for, for a lot of people, they don't have access to that gameplay, the capitals, the subcomponents, and building ships. They don't even have SOV to build anything uh, bigger than a, a capital ship. Let's say that's you. Well, and it may be too late even to get in, to take advantage of that kind of stuff, but take your minerals and maybe build your Tech 2 modules now because... I don't know if it's been announced, but we presume, and it's a presumption, that T2 modules are going to be facing, uh, I think, everything in the game, but it's one step at a time. T2 modules will probably get their uh, version of this kind of, uh, what, what we would call tier side, where it's not just minerals that build something, it's going to be a diversity of things. So if you have T2 things or faction uh, modules, it might be a good time to Focus on those, and that gives you much more time because they haven't even announced those changes. And CCP did very heavily hint at the fact that Tech Two uh, production is going to re- uh, also be also re- receiving some changes. Yeah. So right right uh, now, the only thing announced, let's be clear, are ships that are changing, but we assume that it's going to hit modules next. If I can do a a minor segue from uh, you know talking about the industrial changes and wormhole at the same time. Specifically, this is geared toward your small industrial group, your little groups of people, or in some cases all the way down to an individual, and they're looking at this and scratching their head going, holy crap, what am I going to do? All right. Have you considered super low-class wormhole as yes. resource location? Um, I personally found a little C1 with a – High sec static. That's a complete crap wormhole to a wormhole wormhole group. All right. So I popped into the in talking in stations. We now have a wormhole channel. I hopped in there, started asking some basic questions because I don't know squat about wormholes. Now these guys are jerks. They're going to give you a lot of snark. Not in our channel. They're going to give you some great advice on how to safe, you know, more or less safely, you know, navigate that if you're not used to it or haven't done it before. So it's very doable. You can do PI in there. Uh, you know, the one I found happens to be a Freeport C1. Somebody's already got a Freeport station. Oh, wow. That means anybody, anybody could use it. Exactly. And, and they've got a little hashtag thing on it. You pop it up, read it, and it's like, Okay, here's the rules to use this area. And it's like, that's awesome. You know, so it gives me and a couple of my friends, you know, the opportunity to go in there, learn something new that we don't do very often, which is wormholes, and acquire some of these resources. They got gas, they got PI. If you want to do some of those combat uh, PVE sites and relic sites, they're all there. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to put up your own station to put up your own risk because there's a free port in yours specifically. Not all of them have that, but. Yeah, there's a series of free port ones that I found and I just was was stunned. That's why I had to start asking those questions in the uh, wormhole channel. Can they pull Can they pull all the fuel out of it, make it go abandoned, blow it up, and then pick your stuff up as loot? They absolutely yeah. could. 
Yeah, because it's like yeah. I really wanted to. Yeah. It kind of sounds I mean, like a trap to me. There is no uh, no asset, no asset safety in wormholes, right? So, so yeah. So Nick, Nick, uh, Nick, you went from uh, talking with the little people to calling them jerks, and then uh, basically in one uh, in, in, in a, an entire minute, basically put all their loot into a giant loot panada in, uh, pinata in C ones. They are jerks. Um, <laughs> you know, again, if you're a little guy, and if you already have one. Or if you don't, give me a holler. Um, pasta sticks. Throw your own pasta out on a moon. And uh, you know, throw a couple <laughs> hangers on worse it. Than, uh, I got to tell you, as a as a vet wormhole player, pastas are worse for new players than uh, structures and free ports. Because uh, we, we actually, I would say in wormhole space, we probably preferred POS warfare because uh, pastas are guaranteed um, fight within you know i think it's uh 36 hours is the max time for time frame afterwards yeah if you strong it fully it's uh 36 yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so, so you're, you're to waiting four days for the final timer on something to blow up yeah yeah just so i'll back i was gonna say i'll back nick back up on a positive note though you know he's he's actually giving people a really good way to go and explore wormhole space you know, ease into it, understand the risk. There's more, way more, you know, risk reward equation in Eve, right? And so Nick's actually laying out a really good way where you can maybe go and try and get some of that reward without having to lay out all the risks because someone else has put that station. But be aware and understand what you're doing, how much stuff you put in that station, the kind of ship you do there. Um, and just be aware, right? And if you, you know, pull it off for, for three months or three days, um, you know, uh, I think so. I, actually, I like your idea, Nick. I was just giving you a little bit of little, I, little I, public I actually, I really like Nick's idea too. I don't mean I didn't mean to stomp your face in the mud there. I'm just a self. No, I enjoyed it. enjoy, you know. Maybe you you do belong in wormholes. But I'm also going to pop some people. All right. Yeah. The, Talking uh, station my, PVP. My favorite expression was. They may have a picnic on me, but I'm going to have a sandwich. <laughs> nice. If yeah. you are, if you, I'm, I'm speaking as a, uh, from the outside looking in and trying to be as objective as possible. If you want, if you are a low tier person who's just gotten into the game, doesn't have a whole lot of SP, doesn't have a whole lot going for them. They don't have a Rorqual. You don't have a Rorqual. You don't have capitals. You don't have any of this other like you know major stuff to get yourself into what's necessary. Uh, I hundred percent back Nick on uh, what he said. If you if you don't have the SP required to do some of the high level gameplay in order to make the ESC, uh, wormhole gas is going to be. I feel one of the easiest ways for people to make money right out the gate uh, in order to keep the economy going. Um, you know, the adventure, uh, a gas huffing venture costs 10 million ISK. If you find a site with mid tier gas, so let's say you find C32, um, which is, you know, one of the gas types that you find, uh, one of the fullerene gases that you find inside of uh, wormhole space. If you find C32 and you mine that for literally five minutes, well, guess what? You've made your venture back. All right. So everything else after that is profit. And yeah. on top of the fact that I have no idea 
And that's just with today's prices, right? And I haven't really got a chance to look at uh, where gases are right now. But, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's just today's prices. It could be that you do three cycles with gas huffers and then suddenly, you know, which is a minute. You know, you could make your venture back in a minute if you find a certain type of gas and it's in very high demand. So um, just do, to kind of reiterate. Do gas clouds have rats is a question from the audience. Yes, they do. Yep. Uh, gas gas clouds do have rats inside of wormhole space. They spawn after. Don't let them bite you. 20 minutes. Um, and if you're interested, I'll actually um, I'll post the I'll post one of the, the things in uh, chat here that. uh Pretty much every wormholer in existence uses. Um, this is our site guide. It is made by. It was originally made by Reiki, and it was uh, modified by Car, which were people who were in wormhole space pretty frequently. Um, I posted it in chat. There, it's a Google Doc sheet that uh, basically has every known thing that's in there. Uh, if you go to the gas tabs on, you know, on the very top. It'll tell you which rats spawn, how much DPS, ha- uh, you know, how much DPS is there, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you guys don't need to worry about the instrumentals or the uh, the vast. Those don't spawn. Those only spawned in um, high class wormholes. And yeah, let them know the difference between high class and low class. Yeah, high class. Low. So high class is C five and C six. And uh, the these spawn the C three twenty and C five forty gas, which is not needed for any of the new industry changes. These are only needed for Tech three production. So don't you don't have to worry about these sites, you know. And it kind of is a little disconcerting because you look at it as like, wow, eighteen hundred DPS. There is no way I could do something like that. Or twenty four hundred DPS. Yeah, don't worry about that. All right. All of the rest of the sites are the ones that spawn the gas sites for the rest of, um, you know, all of the gas that are that is needed in order to produce yeah. uh, does the this, capital components. Does this doc reflect uh, gas quantities doubling? No, it does not. That's one of the that's one of the only things that I uh, thank that, you, Mr. Uncle. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. And so, Car hasn't updated this uh, uh, thing yet, and I'm thinking that I'm probably going to make my own. Um, as an update to cars, uh, just because the, it's important to note that uh, CCP, geez, I can't remember what brain is. I've got boomer brainitis today. <laughs> um, it's important to note that CCP, in, in order to try to change the ecosystem around a little bit to make things a bit easier, uh, one of the things that the wormhole um, focus group had asked for. Um, and I don't know if this was directly a result of what we asked for, if this was just something that was on their mind. We had asked them to reduce the amount of spawn- gas sites that spawned because we would have some systems that would have five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten gas sites all in one six system. And it's like, well, you know, why? There's no reason to have this many. And so what they did was they reduced the spawn rate of gas sites by 50 percent. But then they increased the amount of gas in there by double. So everything that you're reading on this, uh, if you're looking at this uh, doc with with us here, everything, all of the M3 values that you're seeing is double, or all of the in all of the unit and M3 values are double. The ISK values are not 
up to date. I think this the last time the ISK values were updated was well, like 2017. They're going to change anyway with these changes. Yeah, right? yeah. demand is yeah. going to go way up. Okay, so thanks. Let me, oh, uh, we got to wrap up soon, but go ahead, Rundle. Yeah, just just real quick, I just want to add some extra value to Nick's idea because I want to be clear, right? You know, if you and a friend or a couple of friends want to go out and, and do some gas and have someone bring a combat ship to help fight rats, you want to go and try to make some money and you find one of these free ports. Remember that it, it, all citadels operate the same, at least in terms of how to grind through the structure. You're not going to lose it overnight. You're not going to go to bed and then wake up the next morning and stuff's gone, right? They're, you're gonna have to go through this. They're gonna have to go through, through shields, and then through struct, and then through armor, and then through hull, and a number of days. So if you're paying attention, you're playing on a pretty frequent. You can realize, oh crap, I gotta get out. So you know that's actually the a really good way to go to a C1 or C2. C1 probably a good place to start. Um, you know, it's another great way to go and enjoy Eve with a couple friends, and maybe make some uh, different amounts of isk than you had before with a little different risk. And there's a whole lot of other game plays. Go. Come on to talking stations. Come talk to the wormhole people. Go wherever, and they, they will help you out. Um, you know, if they're not being assholes at the moment, <laughs> and they'll, they'll help explain to you how wormholes work beyond just um, you know finding a station. So, yeah. well, talking in um, stations. Uh, let's wrap up here. But talking in stations now has a wormhole channel. It just kind of sprung up, uh, and it's uh, it's funny how fast it got populated with people exchanging ideas. So, if you want a good place where you can get uh, good quality information as opposed to uh, a place where you see a lot of things being written, but not necessarily the information you want, we recommend Talking In Stations, uh, their wormhole channel there. Uh, okay, one last thing before we go. Uh, looking at the kill board, it looks like it's pink. Uh, so Hello, Killboard? kitty colors. Yeah, what's this about? This, is Squiz is, uh, this is Squiz's idea of a, uh, a practical joke. If you go and look at any random person on the kill board, you'll, it'll say that he's 100% dangerous. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so this is uh, I'm pretty sure this is an idea of Squiz's practical joke. Um, uh, it looks like he inverted all the colors and uh, just kind of uh, is having fun with his website. It kind of looks delicious. Well, all right. That is our show today. And to think that we wanted to do at least 10 minutes, we were like, please, let's just do 10 minutes. Um, can we do 10 minutes? And I think we did an hour and. 22. Uh, but thanks to these guys, uh, Tiberius, Rundle, and Nick for hanging out with us. They'll be in the public channel in just a few minutes inside of TIS Discord. And thank you guys for hanging out with us. Appreciate you coming around uh, and watching these shows live and giving us information and asking us questions. Appreciate that very much. Thank you guys. We'll see you next time on Talking in Stations. <laughs>